0: The next day, the next day, your and to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a, hell of a ride. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 16 of Meet Us at Molly's. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Bryna, and with me is Gina. Hi! And Miss Ashley. Hi. So, as always, we're going to start with some news. Um, After our big Win Chicago Day recap, we don't have a whole lot. But Thursday after Chicago Fire um, finished, we got a new Chicago Med promo, which was different than the one that was released during Win Chicago Day. Um, There wasn't a whole lot that was different, except, guys, there was a Manstead scene. And we get to see Will saying, you know, to Natalie that the feelings that he has for her hasn't gone away. Um, and, I'm like, we've talked about this, especially in our Win Chicago Day episode. None of us are really too keen on Manstead. But, like, I definitely felt that, like, I don't know, this made me somewhat excited for them. Like, I don't know. What did you guys think about it?
1: Same. I'm not usually aboard the Manstead ship. And we talked about this in last week's episode because we had the tweet from Jessica about them. Um, I'm not all aboard the Manstead ship, but that scene was still pretty sweet. So I could be.
0: Yeah. No, Ashley, what did you think? I agree. I'm, it made me excited and like hopeful that maybe we'll start liking them this season. Right. Yeah, I think hopeful is a really good word because I was just about to say, like if, this is, if these are the kind of scenes we're going to get between the two of them, then I'm definitely on board for this for season three.
1: I'm wondering if this is going to be like, their season. So, you know how, you know, Dossie had season two and they were together for, like, all of it? Right, and I'm season wondering three if that's was, like,
0: Lynnstead, said, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm wondering if this is going to be their season that, like, 301 or 302, they're like, let's do this, and this is, like, where they take off.
0: I feel like it's gotta be. I mean, we waited long enough for this. It needs to be. Right, especially, I was looking, I've been, like, doing a little, rewatching some old scenes of Fire and PD and Med this weekend, and, you know, I forgot they kissed in season one, and then, like, they went their separate ways for two, and so we really haven't had anything. And so I think this is i think this is it. I think this is the time. If not, then they're I'm never okay getting together.
1: Yeah, and I could see what happens to Dr. Charles kind of being the catalyst, where they're like, oh, shit, tomorrow's not promised. Right. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No. I definitely, yeah, I think that's definitely. We'll see. I mean, we still had a couple weeks to go, but it definitely, this new scene sparked, I think, an interest in all of us. So, I think we're all really excited.
1: Um, Yeah, and it was good to see Will actually, you know, handle it like an adult.
0: Like, yeah, care about something that's not himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was good to see him actually talk like an adult.
0: Anyway, so that was all the news that we had. Um, And now we're going to talk about Fire's finale 606, which is called Down is Better. And as always, we're going to break this down by storylines. And there's. A lot to talk about. I mean, this definitely was not, I mean, we can talk about, let's just, actually, let's talk about this now. Um, Before we get into the storylines, what were your guys' overall thoughts about this episode? Because I've seen a lot of mixed feelings on Twitter. I know a lot of people kind of talked about how this wasn't their favorite and that they were disappointed because maybe they felt it was a little too hyped up. So what were your guys' overall thoughts
1: about the episode? Ashley, go ahead. I liked it. I mean, I didn't see nothing wrong with it. I get. I mean, they did hype it up. They kind of, like just from the hyping, they made it sound like all forty-two minutes were just going to be like emotionally brutal and terrible and twisty, turny, and nuts. It wasn't as bad as was hyped. I I liked it. I wasn't you know I, I didn't I didn't dislike the episode. I liked it. I thought it was good. And it's it's a cl- it's enough of a cliffhanger that we're curious as to what's going to happen next. But we're also not like dying to know what's going to happen, like the factory fire.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely how I feel. I was like, I'm not like, it was just okay for me. Like, it definitely was not my favorite episode of this season, but I'm not like, oh my God, I hated this episode. You know, it was, I like, I'm never going to not. I'm never not going to want to rewatch it. Like I thought it was a decent episode, but it also, it just wasn't my favorite, but I definitely agree, Gina. I think they hyped it up a little too much. They made it seem like, oh my God, this is the fall finale. Like usually something big happens, you know, we're going to have someone die. This will be a huge, huge thing. And I mean, it definitely wasn't that, but it wasn't mean, that doesn't mean it was a bad episode, but so let's just get right into it. So the first thing I think we should talk about is Dawson and Ramon. And so the episode starts and Ramon and Gabby are having breakfast and you know, Ramon's updating Gabby about his new job and he's saying it's going well, but he also already wants to kind of shake things up and he says, you know, maybe I should talk, you know, it's been 30 days, you know, that kind of gives me an in, you know, maybe I should talk to my boss about some rezoning things, you know, he just wants to make more of an impact, but like, it's still only been like 30 days since he started. And then of course... He asked Gabby, he's like, well, does Matt still have his connections at City Hall?
1: Okay, Ramon. Please, you're, God, not this again.
0: Right. Like, you're pushing it a little too far. And Gabby kind of even says, and she's like, no, 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 no. Like, Matt just got out of politics. Like, this isn't a good idea, you know. Why don't you wait until you're a little more established, maybe even a year into this new career, um, before you start going and just kind of suggesting things out of left field. And so that kind of is how this ends. But later on in at on shift, she's venting to Brett about it. And she's, you know, going on and on about how she knows that this is how this is going to end. Because, um, you know, and Brett says, you know, it's good that she's been there for him. And Gabby explains, you know, it's because she's the only one he's got. You know, Antonio's not talking to him. And Mama Dawson deletes his texts without reading them. And I don't remember who said was it Gabby? It must be Brett that says, you know, sometimes all you can do is help people pick up the pieces when they fall down.
1: Yeah, it's Brett. And, you know, Gabby has a point here about Antonio. But the bit about Mama Dawson, I was like, okay, hey now. Because Mama Dawson has every right to delete the text before she even reads them. Because I will forever hold the grudge against Ramon for what he said when we were introduced to him about, you know, divorcing her and how... He should have done it 30 years ago, and it was a big mistake and everything. Mama Dawson has every right in the world to delete those texts. Antonio, however, you know, he's being a little selfish, and I'll get into more detail about that later on. But she has every right to complain about Antonio. Mama Dawson, however, has a pass.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I don't see why Antonio's still got to stick up his ass about this. I mean, it's been, what, like a year-ish now since that... Incident would have started, especially since we've passed time. It's been about a year.
1: Something like that. And I see why he's still got the stick up his ass. But he's kind of hanging Gabby out to dry in the meantime. Right. He's not doing anything to
0: help. Like, if he doesn't want to talk to Ramon, that's fine. But he should be doing something to help Gabby, like, then deal with Ramon.
1: Yeah, like, he kind of is going to have to swallow his pride and talk to Ramon for Gabby's sake. Right, right. But
0: anyway, so... At the end of that shift, or yeah, at the end of that shift, um, we see Gabby walking into Casey's office, and of course, what did Ramon do? He still called an alderman from another ward and name dropped name-dropped Casey um, to help with the zoning favor that Gabby told him not to, but he still did it anyway. And Gabby tells Casey that you know I said not to bother him, but Casey's like. I'm still trying to deal with Stella, and now I have to deal with the calls from all these pissed-off aldermen. So, like, you need to handle this. And, like, I don't – what do you guys think about this? Like, do you think Casey was in the wrong to get pissed at Gabby for this? Like, what do you guys yes. think about this? Yeah. Ashley, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Ashley. Oh, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I agree.
1: This just bothered me because – I mean, earlier in the episode, we saw he he was starting to, like, be nice, and then this happened, and I was like, oh, there's Captain Casey. He's back. But it's not Gabby's fault what's happening, and he acts like it is. And so this is what drives me crazy, and this is what circles back to what I was saying about Antonio, is that, you know, she has a point when she says she's the only one who's there for him, because Casey and Antonio right now are both being really selfish. And I get that Casey doesn't like Ramon. I don't like Ramon, but... He married into the family, so he's got to kind of deal with it.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I. it this wasn't as irritating of a moment as last week, just because I feel like, you know, it was just this one moment where Captain Casey was back to being an asshole. Like like you said, Gina, earlier in the episode, he was being nicer. He even smiled. He was doing all these things. And I was like, oh, great. So I think this didn't come off as irritating as everything that happened last week, just because it was it was one moment. But it was still doesn't make it right. He definitely shouldn't have been, like, getting pissed off at Gabby. He should have – he could
1: have
0: – he should have asked her about it and asked him, like, okay, like, what's the situation? Why did I just get this call from an alderman? And he had a right to be mad at Ramon about it, but he doesn't have a right to be mad at Gabby because she's just been stuck in the middle of it. Exactly. So – but we also got a funny DM from Rachel – Um, And she said, you know, one thing I do like about seeing him this way is that it honestly shows where his kids and especially Gabby, like, will get their stubbornness from, which I just thought was funny.
1: I love that she made that connection. I didn't even think of that until she said it.
0: Yeah, me either. But it's so true, though. Um, But yeah. So later on in the next shift, Ramon comes to the firehouse and he tells Gabby, he's like, I'm on promotion because they think I have an attitude problem. And then Gabby's like, oh, geez, like, what'd you do now? And then he, you know, tells her whatever. And he's like, well, if Matt couldn't help me before, I could sure use his help now. And Gabby is pissed at him and starts yelling at him about, and, you know, one of the things she says is, like, you only think about yourself and I'm sick of it. And he, Ramon just is kind of left, like, shell-shocked almost. He's like, I don't, he doesn't really know what to say, so he just kind of, like, apologizes and leaves. But obviously things between them are not great and you know it's the whole situation sucks but Gabby Gabby's like whole speech to Ramon right there I was like yes like this is everything you need been needing to say for like a year now essentially
1: yeah and I just I don't know the Ramon situation I didn't find as egregious as Casey and Dawson did but I mean It could just be me. But I don't know. When she yelled at him and unleashed on him, I was like, I I couldn't help but wonder if she unleashed on him because Casey was pissed at her.
0: No, I think it was more, I mean, personally, I think it was more just pent up. I don't think it was necessarily her yelling at him for this one particular instance. I think it was her yelling at him for everything that we've seen happen, like, since early season four that involves him.
1: She kind of has not
0: really unleashed at him. I mean, she said some things to him, but never really yelling at him and, you know, trying to get him. And clearly he hasn't gotten the point if she has mentioned things to him because he keeps doing things that upset her and Casey. And so I think it was more just everything that's been built up is now like she just got sick of it.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it. Um, But
0: yeah, so the end of this storyline kind of is where we leave off on this cliffhanger. And so basically at the end of the episode, Ambo gets a call to a train station. And the whole case, that part of the case thing was a little weird. I still don't really understand. But from what I understand is this guy, a guy gets stabbed after he tried to stop a woman from being yelled at by the guy who ended up getting arrested. Is that, that's what happened, right? I think so. Anyway, the guy who turns out to get stabbed is Ramon. And basically, Gabby, like, turns him over after he's laying face down on the sidewalk. And she turns him over, and she's like, oh, my God, Dad. And so that's kind of where this episode leaves off on this cliffhanger. And we see – so we got an interesting DM from Rachel. Again, she sends us all these really long DMs that have really good points in them. And this one I thought was super interesting and something I had never thought about. And she said – to us, she's like, you know, there was a bit of talk on Twitter about how cliffhangers tend to usually involve Gabby, Gabby potentially losing someone she loves. That's
1: true. Yeah. It's very true. And she went on to explain why that is, is because she's so closely to connected to all of the other characters on the show. You know, she's Casey's wife. She's a third of Molly's. She, you know, she has history with Stella. You she know, was she's Shay's best friend. Fred. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I can see that, but I mean... I don't know. I was shocked. I wasn't shocked by the cliffhanger. because I knew something was going to happen to Ramon. What I was shocked by was how bad it looked when they rolled up. That's why I was like, okay, this is probably really serious because when they rolled up on Ramon lying face down, it kind of looked like a crime scene out of Dexter. So, you know, that's why I was like, oh, this is some heavy duty shit going on.
0: Yeah. No, I thought I definitely thought it was going to have to deal with Ramon, especially once we kind of started seeing how the episode was unfolding. I was like, yeah, it's going to be Ramon. Like, he, something's going to happen to him. But, like, again, I guess we were talking about, like, I mean, Ashley was talking about last week, you know, sh- that maybe someone was going to get, like, possibly hit by a train. And so, like, obviously it wasn't to that level of someone getting, like, hit by a train and stuff. But it was still, I mean, it's an interesting way to, like, It'll be interesting to see how this unfolds, but my question for you guys is, okay, so going back to last episode when we were talking about the John Seda interview and the Bretonio scenes we have coming up, what are your theories for how those Bretonio scenes are going to come about? Because they're going to come about in the next episode, I'm sure of it, but what are your theories on how those come about?
1: Go ahead, Ashley. I mean, I could see it possibly
0: being something about this whole situation, That's like, I
1: could see that playing into it. I could see them running into each other at the hospital because, you know, I imagine intelligence is going to get involved to find out who did this. Um, And by intelligence, I mean probably just Antonio. But (laughs) yeah, they'll, they'll probably run into each other and, you know, have a couple of moments where they make hard eyes at each other and then, you know, see if they should do it all over again. To which I say absolutely hell yes.
0: See, my theory is that because when Gabby was venting to Brett earlier in the episode and like Brett just had this look in her eyes when Gabby's talking about how Antonio is not really there for her in this instance because he's still mad at Ramon and how the whole thing with their mom and whatever. So my theory is that Antonio still isn't going to budge on this whole thing like he refuses to go see Ramon and that it's Brett that ends up like bringing him to the hospital to like deal with this finally.
1: I hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, when we review 607 or whatever the episode is right after the finale, it's going to be a lot of yelling.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's my theory is that it's Brett the, is the one who's going to like finally get him to like get his shit together when it comes to Ramon and be like, yo, you need to be here not just for Ramon, but for Gabby, more, most importantly.
1: Yeah. And You know what else I found interesting about this whole sequence? Uh, you know, I got thinking about this the other day but i'm wondering the whole situation of how ramon got stabbed kind of not struck me odd but i was like well that's interesting that ramon would get involved in something like that you know he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy also i'm wondering well maybe not but i also wondered if the guy who stabbed him maybe had something to do with his job maybe somebody was trying to shut him up but then that also begs the question of why he was yelling at a woman on a train platform.
0: I think you're reading too much into this.
1: I think you might be right.
0: <laughs> Like that sounds like you trying to see an episode of PD and be like, oh, this can't be it. It's too obvious. Like there has to be like 10 million more layers that we have to peel back. You got a point. <laughs> but I did think it was weird. I did have the same thought though about why Ramon got involved. Like I thought, I did think that was weird. But then again, I don't know if we're both just reading too much into this, but I did have that same thought as well.
1: Well, because the only other scenes we've had with Ramon, I mean, again, the first time we were introduced to him, he just went off on Gabby's mom. And it was like, hi, everybody. I'm Gabby's father and I'm a major asshole. And so we've never really seen any other side of the coin. It just doesn't strike me as something that Ramon would do. Like, why did he get involved? What made him step up? I don't know. Maybe that's who he actually is. And we just haven't seen it. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It'll be. all be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see, because I'm assuming that six oh seven when it comes back January what January fourth right is when it comes back yes. yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it'll pick up right where this left off, but we don't know. We don't know any details yet, so. I
1: think I did read that that it's gonna pick up right where
0: it left off. That's what I would assume. But anyway, that'll be super interesting to see um, where that ends up. But let's move on to talk about Stella, because Stella's a big, 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 big part of this episode. Um, So basically, um, the whole Stella at storyline starts this episode. Um, Stella and Severide are walking in, and Stella's giving Severide tips about mood music to up his game, and he's like, my game needs no upping. It's just a great
1: friendship scene. Can I please point out here that Stella was – Suggesting music, and then she was like, Yeah, you should listen to Sade. I'm like, First of all, I don't even think Kelly listens to music, and I also think that you know, I'm probably the only one on this podcast who knows of Sade. Is that right? I don't even know what you're talking about, so yes, exactly. Yeah, so I was like, That's a really obscure choice of music, Stella, to go with, and also I really doubt Severide even knows what you're talking about. I thought that was funny.
0: What kind of music is Sade? I don't even know. Like.
1: I don't even – you just got to, like, YouTube it to find out. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, like – it's very 90s. Okay. But, again, you – yeah. I wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. I <laughs> no. Anyway. I'll be uh, – uh, send us your Sade songs for Bryna and Ashley to listen to and educate themselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're technically 90s babies because we were born in the 90s, but we are not 90s babies <laughs> in the slightest. Uh, but, anyway – Um, So basically, the big case happens, and everyone gets called to this restaurant fire, and the fire's been put out on the ground floor, but it's going crazy on the outdoor patio on the roof, and so mostly everyone's gathered towards the front and away from the flames, which is great, but then Stella notices that there's a woman further back, and she can't, you know, so Stella goes over there, and she's like, I can't get my baby out of here, and so Casey takes the woman out, and Stella works on trying to get the baby out of this car seat, And so, basically, she does it. She puts the baby under her jacket to protect the baby and gets the baby out of the fire, down the ladder, and to the mom. And she's a badass in this whole scene.
1: Ninja warrior.
0: Yeah. Total ninja warrior. But anyway, so after she hands off the baby to Ambo to get checked out, she stops. And Casey just has this, like, smile. Like, I don't know if it was a smirk or a smile, but, like... It's weird, but, like, it's clearly because he's proud of her, but, like,
1: it was a weird look. Okay, so this happened, this was before he unleashed on Gabby, so this was, like, his first scene of the episode, and I know that when he gave her that look, I tensed up because I was like, he's going to say something dickish. Like, he's going to make a totally asshole remark and take the wind right out of her sails. Did you guys get, like, kind of worried, too? Yeah.
0: For sure. And I think that's what Stella thought. I mean, because Stella kind of was looking at him like, what are you doing? And like, what are you going to say to me right now? Like, she, I think she genuinely thought he was mad at her. But he wasn't. He just, you know, was trying to show that he was proud. But like, coming off of last week's episode, everything he did in that moment with his smile and his face was just weird.
1: It was weird. And it was just like, yeah, he smiled. And I was like, Captain Casey exhibits positive emotion. Like, this does not compute.
0: Right. Like, is this so. Robot Casey, Captain Casey? Like, this can't be real Captain Casey. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Captain Casey gets possessed by robots.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So they basically, they finish, they put the fire out, everyone's safe, whatever. They come back to the firehouse and Connie's like, Stella, I have an envelope for you. You got something. So she opens the envelope and basically it turns out she's being transferred to the Office of Public Relations what uh I don't even know what what the whatever it was a it's very random it's not even like oh you're being detailed to arson you're being detailed to this why the fuck would a firefighter be put in the office of public relations who knows and that's what they are wondering because the next scene is we get to see Stella and Casey and Mouch and Bowden and Severi they're sitting there talking and Stella's like I don't even know what I'm doing like I don't know anything about this like she's like what do I know about public relations I can barely keep up with my own relations and Severide's like I can attest to that like I was like lol Severide what do you even mean by this like what does that even mean I can attest to this
1: I think it was just them being friends but like I can attest to that okay well if you're referring that If you're referring to the fact that you like her, it's completely contrary to what happens later on in this episode. So I think it was just them being friends. It just kind of was like, what? What's Like, right? Right.
0: Right. And that's exactly what I meant. But like, still, because then Stella's like, yeah, like, not the time for this. Like, I don't want to deal with this. So basically, Bowden puts in a call to the chief Huffines. I think that's how you say Huffines, Huffins, Yeah, whatever. Who is, okay, can someone explain to me, he is the chief, I mean, is he, like, the top, 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 top guy, or is he just, like, what is he the chief of? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, some chief who Stella's going to be working for. It's going to be basically Stella's new boss, and so Bowden's They like, explained
1: it, but maybe, I, we, we probably missed it. I think it was really fast.
0: Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't really matter, but anyway, Bowden puts in a call to this guy, and he's like, I'm going to see what I can do. Because that's Bowden's really the only person who has any kind of pull. It could maybe change the situation. So they're back in the common room right after this. And everyone's sitting around and talking about how much this sucks. And there's a really funny just like Herman Cruz moment. And Herman's like, this stinks on ice. And Cruz is like, what does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? And Herman's like, extra stinky. Just like fish. <laughs> okay, Herman.
1: I've literally never heard that expression before. Have y'all? No. No hilarious i thought that was funny
0: yeah i only herman only herman but anyway so then Cruz basically just like emphasizes that bowden's gonna find a way because bowden really cares about keeping 51 together um so there's still can the- i
1: point out one thing here real fast can yeah, point yeah. Out one thing. so if we go back to the scene before that when stella's with severide and casey and bowden and Mouch, there is a kind of amusing moment where Severide's like, Casey, you're a captain, you know, can you do anything about this? And either Mouch or Casey says, oh, it's above my pay grade. And Bowden makes this entrance, this like dramatic entrance. He's like, well, it's not above mine. Like the <laughs> like, superhero. It was
0: Mouch, but yeah, that's funny.
1: I love that. And so, of course, like Bowden swoops in to save the day. I was just like, oh, cheap Bowden."
0: Yep. But anyway, so we're still in the same shift and it's the middle of the night and Stella can't sleep. And Gina, you made a really good point on Twitter and you also put it in our outline. Like, why do firefighters, not, do firefighters not
1: sleep with blankets? Yeah, I, okay, and I, I did notice that. And I understand that it could be, like, maximize time if they get a call in the middle of the night. I do understand that. But also, I did see in that moment and I was like, I officially could never cut it as a firefighter because I would freeze to death and never sleep.
0: It's just weird. Like, you can't even have one something like nothing. I,
1: it's weird. Yeah, I and I could totally see why they don't, but yeah, it is weird. I would probably have to sleep in like winter gear. I'd get super cold and never sleep and be a cranky bitch the whole time.
0: Yeah. But anyway, so Stella's like I can't Stella's, Stella can't sleep, and so she goes in the common room and of course, Mouch is sitting there watching TV. And we get what is probably one of my favorite scenes in what I think is one of Spire's strongest scenes in a very long time. Um, it's, It's in a dynamic that I never thought I needed to see. I was like, I never, I mean, I've never thought about like, oh, I really want a Stella and Mouch scene. But like, once I saw it, it was a dynamic. I was like, I need more of this. Like, it was so good and so well done. But anyway, so they're talking about Stella's whole situation and getting transferred to public relations, whatever. And Mal's just trying to be comforting and he's, you know, he says this might be a blessing in disguise because she can use her voice because it's a strong one and she has a lot of opinions about, you know, what CFD could be doing better. But Stella emphasizes that, you know, she's a firefighter and she has, I mean, she goes in this whole thing. And we get to learn a little bit more about Stella and she says, you know, she's talking about the case that they had done earlier, that shift. And she says, you know, you could have put a thousand pounds on my back, turned up the fire a million degrees and I still would have made that save. And then Mouch gets to ask her what made her pick up, you know, what made her want to become a firefighter? What made her want to pick up a Halligan? And she says, you know, I got into a car that I shouldn't have. And the only reason she got out was because of the CFD. And she said, you know, I want to be able to lift people out of bad places, too.
1: This was hands down my favorite scene of the episode. Also, can we start some sort of web series or something that's like chats with Mouch and he starts every single one by like, what made you pick up a Halligan? And then just like let them talk. This right. Is awesome, right? And they have to be at 3 a.m. Yes,
0: yes, <laughs> yeah. Christian Stolte, if you're listening, make this a short like, make this happen,
1: yeah. Um, just 3 a.m. Yeah. therapy sessions with Mouch,
0: right? But yeah, no, this was like I said earlier. I mean, this is one of I think Fire's strongest scenes in a very long time. It was really good, um, but yeah, so. The gang, the next time we get to see Stella, um, everyone's at Molly's, and Stella is clearly wasted, and she's drowning her sorrows about getting transferred in alcohol, and Cruz goes to sit down at the bar, and he's like, is she on shift? And Herman's like, yeah, no, she clocked out and bottoms up, like, you know, <laughs> she's she's gone. And so Stella's going on about, I don't even remember what she's going on about in that particular moment, but she's sitting next to Severide and Hope and Brett, they're all at the table. And Gabby just kind of makes this motion to Severide, like cut her off and like Severides, okay, like let's take me like let's take her home. And pretty much, so as soon as they get home, Stella kind of like does this turn and automatically like finds her lips on Severides. And Severides like not like this and walks away from her, pretty much.
1: Okay, so two things here. The first thing is it's about damn time it's about damn time. Also, Drunk Stella is the best. I don't know why I love Drunk Stella, but I love Drunk Stella.
0: Yeah, no, but this whole, okay, so the kiss, it's probably what I've seen the most contention about on Twitter. And I know, I mean, I have an opinion that I don't think fits in with your guys' opinions, but what do you guys think? And then I'll read some, we got a lot of listener opinions about this. So what do you guys think? About the kiss itself? Yeah, what do you guys think about this kiss and Severide walking away? Like, what do you think about the whole situation?
1: I am totally okay with it. I'm I'm glad she finally got up the courage to kiss him and stop beating around the bush, because that's pretty much all the first six episodes have been. So, I mean, I was not bothered by the kiss at all. Severide's reaction caught me off guard. That's why I was like... This is a little odd because usually he doesn't really care however the affection comes, drunk or sober.
0: Ashley, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. And, like, it was, like, about time, I don't know. But, like she said, like, his reaction caught her off guard. But, like, I agree because, like, well, I'm kind of glad he didn't take advantage of her.
1: Very, very, very good point that I did not think of and should have. A plus point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely agree. But we got – okay, so we got a lot of listener reactions, and then I'll say mine after I read some of the listeners. So in our DM from Rachel, she just said, like, it's a totally rude flashback to 210 from Fire, um, which if you don't know what we're talking about, you should just go watch 210 because it definitely – I didn't think about it right away, but once I saw it, I was like, yeah, it made me think about it.
1: It's just mean. How dare you, writers? That's playing so dirty.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so then in an email from Allison – she said that, you know, she's here for the whole Stellaride stuff, but then she said, you know, when Severide said not like this, you know, it made her realize that sensitive Severide is still there and that, you know, he clearly isn't opposed to, like, being in a relationship with Kid, but he respects her enough to say, yo, I'm not about to hook up with you while you're drunk. And she, uh, Allison says, you know, that's the definition of a man. So kind of going a lot with what Ashley said. But then Elizabeth said in one of her emails that – the kiss between Severide and Stella was awkward and that, you know, she doesn't even know why there was a kiss. She said, I'm all for sexual tension, but they, and they have a lot of chemistry, but the whole thing seemed weird to me. Maybe next time they kiss, make sure she's sober, love the show, and the write, but the writers could do better in this instance. And I kind of have to agree with Elizabeth slightly. Like, I just didn't understand why the writers have to make this kip ha- kiss happen when Stella's drunk. Like, is that the only way Stella's going to be able to admit any of her feelings is when she has liquid courage? Like... And I don't, I, I'm not okay with it. I just think, you know, Stella is such a strong and independent woman that the whole thing just felt slightly cheapened when she was drunk and under the influence. Like, it just made me feel like, okay, this is what people have been waiting for. You know, they've liked this tension that's existed in the first episodes, but why does it have to exist? Like, just like, why did it have to happen when she's under the influence? Like, why is that the moment we've been like waiting for?
1: I wonder, because we know that Stella is usually pretty outspoken, right? She's not afraid to say what's on her mind. I wonder if she's, you know, because no matter what, no matter how outspoken you are as a person, there are still some things that, you know, you're still never going to work up the courage to say. And so I wonder if this is so, if her feelings for Severide run so deep and are so significant to her that, you know, liquid courage was the only way she was going to speak up. We don't know how deep their feelings for each other run. And so maybe this is so big for Stella that the only way for her to act on it and stop pining for him was to have a little, you know, a little alcohol in her system. Not saying that, you know, yeah, I mean, we've all been there. So I wonder if that's the situation.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. I just, my first reaction, my first gut reaction, especially when I saw she was drunk, I was like, really? Like, this is how Stellaride's going to, evolve is that like it's gonna happen because Stella got drunk and decided to kiss him and then from there that's where everything evolved but I do think I agree with the point that like I'm really glad Severide like made the like yes it kind of sucked that like to see him walk away but I'm glad he walked away because I think it would have been just so messy if he hadn't walked away
1: it would have been so bad
0: yeah for sure Um, But anyway, so the next morning, Stella had fallen asleep on the couch, and she wakes up and sees Severide is already awake, and she can't even remember what happened the night before, and when she asks, like, he's just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I brought you home, and you passed out on the couch. Like, he doesn't mention the kiss. You know, that's just kind of, like, forgotten. Um, So, Bowden and Casey go, they're, like, you know, they're determined to get Stella back in 51, and so they go and see this chief. And basically, they find out that Huffines didn't personally ask for Kid, like Bowdoin might have originally thought. So they just kind of let him go. And they're like, well, then how did she get here? Like, if he didn't ask for her and we didn't sign off on it, then how did this happen? So it leaves a little mystery. And then we get to see Stella arrive for her first day of work at the PR office. And she doesn't even get to, like, basically put her bounds back or her bag down before this chief comes and takes her. And basically tells her, like, you're going to talk about how good the CFD is with women and minorities. Okay, let me put you in a room full of press, bye. And before he gets to push her in the room full of press, though, he tells her to take down her hair because, like, of course. And my first reaction was, nope, nope, that's sexist. You can't do that. Like, like why? It doesn't matter how your hair looks. Uh, It frustrated me.
1: The minute they got in there, he sat down his better. And I was like, oh, you're an asshole, aren't you? And then they got in the room and I saw the press and I was like, he used her for diversity. Oh, my fucking God. I was like, I would be so pissed.
0: Yeah. And she was so overwhelmed. I mean, she didn't even have a chance to like get settled or do anything. And he's like, OK, yeah, when you talk about how we're good with diversity, OK, bye. It was, yeah, the whole thing was frustrating. But anyway, so they're back at back at 51 after Casey talks to this new – the guy who's come to replace Stella, whose name is Matt Freddie, because of course it is. Um, Casey kind of gets this idea in his head that, oh, maybe I should go check Stella's transfer paper so we can see who actually might have signed off on it. And so he takes Herman with him because the lady – at this office where this transfer papers are held seems to be fond of him and seems to be friends with him whatever it is and so she gives it to him and they know that they notice that mullins is the one who signed off on it and so they go and see mullins and mullins when they confront him about it they're like oh yeah you signed off on these papers he just kind of has this look on his face and yeah but we'll talk about the how it actually comes into light that you know who actually signed off on it and whatever. But at the end of, in terms of Stella though, specifically, um, but when she gets to come back to 51, which is the last thing we get to see of her, you know, they're in their apartment, her and Severide are in their, her apartment. And, you know, Severide's like, I'm happy you're back. Like, you know, we get to carpool again and Stella's like, but we get to see each other here. And he's like, yeah, but I like seeing you at the firehouse too. He's like, you bring a light to it and an odor. And then, Stella says back, she's like, you know, you know, the kid who makes fun of a girl in the playground actually really likes her. And that's like the last thing she says. And I like that we're actually kind of, this episode, we actually get to see Severide realize that Stella means more to him than most people. And I also really like that this episode didn't end with them being together because that's how I thought it might end, like before we actually watched it. And that would have felt way too rushed if it had just ended like the fall finale with Stellaride being together. Like that would have been a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. That's, yeah, I'll agree. But,
0: you guys, does anyone have any other thoughts on how the whole Stella and Severide thing ended? Did you like the way that this ended with the scene and, you know, Stella pretty much saying exactly what Severide's doing? You know, the person who makes fun of me is probably the one who actually really likes me. Like, I mean, she pretty much just said exactly what we're all thinking.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So that was the end of the Stella stuff, and that's a lot of the episode. But the other main part of the episode comes with Hope and Brett. Of course it does. I will be so glad when we can stop talking about Hope. By the way, speaking of Hope, did y'all see, is it Eloise is her name? She got like a movie role or something. So she'll probably be gone for good.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that today. Today being Sunday, the day we record I did see that. So maybe she comes back like once in the second half of the season and then we don't see her again. That's what I hope. But don't sh- pun intended. Oh, no, but yes, but no, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, so the Hope and Brett stuff starts when Bowden is at his desk and he's looking for some yellow forms. And he's like, Connie, where are they? And she's like, they were on your desk. Like, I swear they were. And then Hope comes in with them. Of course, just like magic. Hope's like, here they are. And Connie's like, bitch, like, what did you do? Take them yourself? Like, I mean, she doesn't say that. But that's what her look on her face basically says. Because Connie, obviously, has been skeptical of Hope from the beginning. As we all have been. Anyway. So after Stella, like, officially gets transferred, or is about to be transferred, um, she points out to Herman and the crew that's sitting there she's like oh guys you know by the way like from this fundraiser that didn't go through like we still have nine hundred dollars you know what do you guys want to use it for like I was thinking I'd you know you guys are always talking about how you want a fancy outdoor grill so like that's what we should do and Herman kind of falls in Hope's trap and you know he's like thank you like we appreciate your energy and that's exactly what we should use it for Herman you're better than this like come on dude
1: So much better than this. Totally falling for her trap.
0: Yeah. But anyway, so then right after this, Hope then goes find Severide on his way out and asks Severide if he wants to hang out. And he turns her down because he already has plans. But like, and my first reaction was thank God Severide grew a brain and was like, I don't want you anymore. But like, what is her motive? Like, she's the one who suggested they stop hooking up in the first place. So what? Now that Stell is actually officially out of the picture, you can have the guy you just gave up like it's stupid i think that's exactly the situation actually it's stupid the whole thing's stupid hope literally i don't think he saw anything through but so truck had returned from a call and hope's standing there with this huge box and it's this new grill and she's like it's you know they're like surprised oh you got us this whatever brand like this is like top of the line and Hope's like, yeah, I decided to go for it. It was a little more than the 900, but I want you guys to consider it as my gift of 51 because you've made me feel so welcome and appreciated and blah, 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 blah. Just barf. Just barf. I, You're stupid. Anyway, so then later on, like towards the end of the episode, Bowden calls Hope into the meeting room where he and Mullins and Casey and Herman are waiting for her. And they basically confront her about Forging Mullen's signature and she denies it. She's like, yo no, like it wasn't me. And he's like, but like Mullins actually signs his signature this way, but the S and the M on this thing that you've written before, like they match with your handwriting. So like it's gotta be you. And then Hope tries to go and blame it on Connie. And she's like, But if you could just let me explain before you judge me. And Bowden's like, uh, no, like I enough. And he's like, you need to go empty your desk. And so she goes and she's frustrated and she goes, it's going to go pack up her stuff. But Connie meets her with a box full of her stuff. And she's like, I went ahead and sped up the process for you. Um, bye Felicia. Sayonara. This
1: whole, this whole thing was so crazy to me because I mean, I should have suspected hope from the get go, but I didn't. Cause I figured I was like pulling off something like that would take a lot more detail than hope is probably capable of but I was wrong. She is psycho to be like eliminating Connie and Stella, like the way she is. Oh my God, she's psycho. And I think something I put in our group text when this happened. And again, you know how much we love our one tree hill references. When we found out about this, I was like, holy shit. Hope is Chicago fires version of Nanny Carey. She crazy. Yeah. Which now that I'm
0: thinking about it, you technically tied it into one Chicago as well as one tree hill because Nanny Carey was played by Tori DeVito. So it all works out. It all circles back together. But yes, just, I think that she also, and this, I mean, I will say this, this was a really great part on Eloise Mumford and the way she acted this, because just the looks on her face in the scene, like, she seemed offended almost that they would accuse her of something like this. Like, she seemed, like, that hope that she was way too important to, you know, be, like, have to deal with this and, like, that they would be accusing her of this. Like, she seemed offended. And, like, that was really great acting on Eloise's part.
1: Yeah. It kind of, you know, it kind of contributes to the notion that Hope is effing psycho. That she would go through all of this trouble to get Stella out of the firehouse. And then when they finally call her on her bullshit, she's like, what? I would never do that. Yeah.
0: But anyway... So, after that shift and after this whole thing happens, when Brett returns home, Hope's waiting there to, like, talk to her. And she still is trying to blame Connie. She's like, I think Connie was trying to sabotage me from the start. And Brett just blows up at her. And she's pissed. And she's like, you know, those people mean the world to me. You know, those friendships that I've made and the ones that I've earned, you know, they're the best and most important ones that I've ever had. And you attack them. And she... Brett just like won't even give her the time of day and she just like basically goes back into their apartment, which as she should, because you don't need a friend like that. Like, you're better off without her. So in the next at the next shift, in their morning meeting, Chief welcomes Stella back, and Brett's like, I wanna say a few words. And she pretty much says the same thing that she told Hope, and that, you know, 51 means the world to her, and she wouldn't willing do she wouldn't willingly do anything to mess that up. But then she also Apologizes to Stella, and Stella won't even look at her, like in the eye. Which I can't fully blame her right now. I mean, I know they'll resolve them; like they will, they will resolve it because that's what they do. Like they're friends, but like I can't blame her in that moment. Could you guys?
1: I cut a little bit because it's kind of the same as when Gabby was or Matt was taking out the Ramon stuff on Gabby. Like you know. This wasn't her doing. Hope's been her childhood friend. You know, of course, of course, Brett was going to give her the benefit of the doubt. So I don't blame her, but I do blame her at the same time. I guess she was pretty upset and kind of pissed about the whole situation. But also, Brett had nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. But
0: anyway, so that kind of wraps up that storyline. And the last storyline that we should talk about is the Otis and Lily and the whole Molly's North thing which is super cute. The whole thing is just super cute. And so basically, towards the beginning of the episode, Cruz and Otis walk by Max, which is this bar that's going out of business. And they're like, oh, yeah, we always wanted to stop in here. We never did, whatever. And he sees, like, Otis sees Lily hanging up that sign that notes that they're going out of business. And he's like, oh, yeah, I should mention this to Herman. Maybe we can get some stuff there for cheap, you know, because they're just trying to get rid of it. So later on, Otis talks to Herman about, like, seeing what kind of stuff he can scrounge up. And Herman's like, shoots it down. He's like, we don't profit off of someone else's pain. Like, that's just bad luck. And then Otis goes, we literally burnt down, we bought a burnout bar. Like, you can't talk to us about, like, profiting off of this. Like, we literally did the same thing. True. True. But anyway, Otis just kind of ignores Herman because he wants to go to max and he sees what they have sees what they have for sale and <laughs> the owner kind of is old and grouchy towards otis but his daughter's like just ignore him and she introduces herself as lily and you know she's like says something about how you know he's just grouchy because 30 years he put into this and it took one bad loan to basically take it all down and otis i mean the moment they meet like otis is clearly smitten with
1: her So smitten. And, I mean, she's adorable. When she popped up, I was like, well, she is just the cutest. But you know why she's the cutest? She looks exactly like Katie.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's my only complaint is, like, she looks too much like Katie.
1: Yeah. Like, they could be twins.
0: Yeah. And that, like, brings it back to, like, a couple episodes ago when y'all was wondering if, like, a picture came out or somebody posted a picture and y'all was wondering if, it was, if Katie was coming back? Well, now we We don't. have our I, answer. Yeah. 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 still Katie wants, just has a twin. Right. Still want Katie to come back, but clearly she's not coming back anytime soon. Um, but anyway, so Otis goes through all this trouble to present Herman and Dawson later on with a proposal to turn Max into Molly's North. And I had this flashback to the whole um, Molly's Chew with the food truck and how that turned into some big disaster. And I was like, Herman and Dawson are not going to go for this. Like, this isn't going to go well. But Otis sits there and he presents them all the facts and, you know, has all these detailed charts and data and everything. And Dawson and Herman just kind of give each other this, like, we're impressed look. And then Herman's like, we'll think about it. And Otis is like, that's all I wanted you to do. And he leaves and he goes outside the firehouse and Lily's standing there. And he's like, it's not a done deal, but I think it will be. And then they share this hug, and everyone in the fandom's just like,
1: "Aw, Otis." <laughs> it's exactly how we are, yeah. Just like, oh, they're so sweet.
0: Yeah, and so then later on, um, at the, towards the end of the episode, Otis and Herman and Dawson show up after shift to Max, and they're like, you know, we have this proposal for you. And Lily and Otis just kind of like smile ear to ear because obviously they work together to plan this whole thing and Dawson and Herman share this look of like what's going on like is Otis in love like what's going on and I just went they're super cute and I'm here for more of this in the future
1: yeah and you know I read something there was an article that came down right after the finale finished that you know it was like a kind of a post-mortem episode that just kind of recapped everything apparently Lily is going to be pretty significant for Otis and she's going to stick around for a while so I got my fingers crossed. They're pretty cute, and Otis deserves this, you know. There's just also a big question looming about what their ship name should be, if you uh, scour Twitter. So, some people think it should be Lotus. Um, I think Yuri tweeted that it should be, like, Ota Lily, like, O-T-I-L-I-L-Y. That's I a that's lot, though. I like Lotus. It's pretty cute. But, I yeah, I think they're going to be pretty cute to see unfold and... Develop and, also, did yeah, you guys here for did it. you guys
0: see the Twitter thread that was happening between Patty Mur- Murin and I cannot remember the actress who plays Lily. She's in uh, the Sound of Music. I know that she
1: much.
0: Sounds. Yeah, or she was. Yeah, but they Patty Murin and I want I don't remember her name, and I'm not gonna try to guess and make myself look like an idiot. But they were having this this really cute Twitter feed because Patty Murin was talking about how she was obsessed with how cute this actress is and like it was it was cute i recommend everyone go find it because it was really cute
1: i did see that yeah so I'm, I'm thinking the girl who played or who plays lily i think she's broadway as well and so i think that's why they recognized each other but yeah and i like i remember seeing the tweet and now i can't remember her name either oh, no no I'm it starts with up. an a it starts with an a Aria orion reinhardt something like yes that. Yes. yes okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: that's it um but, yeah, I'm excited to see more of her. I'm glad she's going to stick around.
1: Yeah, very glad. So.
0: Yeah, but do you guys have – Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, do you guys have anything else to add? I'm trying to think. I mean – I mean, this is This is it for Fire until January, so we won't have any more Fire episodes coming out um, until January. But we're still – these next couple of weeks, especially in November, are going to be a little crazy. We're not really sh- – we should still be sticking with a pretty regular at least once a week with episodes, but just because we're not sure how PD is going to air now that they've pushed all their episodes a week and then when Med comes back in and Thanksgiving and how November is just a little crazy in terms of just when things are going to air, we'll still definitely have episodes once a week, but they might not be on our regular Fridays and Mondays just because, I mean, we're also down only now to one episode. So we'll see, but we'll definitely... Just stay tuned to Twitter or email us if you have any questions, and we'll keep you guys posted on what everything looks like in terms of our schedule. But November's a little crazy.
1: We will also have a season two finale Med Recap episode coming around that time right. when that happens. Right, Yeah, it's just yes. the, the schedule is a little crazy right now. Yeah, and
0: the Med Recap will be up before Med premieres. That's all we know for sure is it's going to be up before sure. Med premieres. But yeah, I mean, now that, the, now that PD pushed back all their episodes, we talk about it. We've talked about it all weekend in our text. We're like, well, when is when could PD air their episodes? We're like, well, maybe we'll get a two-hour finale. But what about SVU? Like, we just analyzed the shit out of this. But like, we have no
1: idea. Yeah, November is going to be a little chaotic, but we'll get through it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it might even be just until the end of the year, things will be chaotic with holidays and just then the fact that like PD goes off and then... We don't really know what day of the week we're going to do med yet, so it could just be even something for the rest of 2017. Things are going to be a little crazy and up in the air, but we promise at some point we will get back to a regular schedule. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, holidays and end of year stuff, you guys get it, so. but Just
1: make sure you keep your eyes peeled to social media, because that's where we will have the updates.
0: Yeah, and like I said, if, you have, if you're not on Twitter for any reason, you can always just email us Um, and if you have any questions, but yeah, speaking of social media and stuff, um, if you guys have any comments, we want to make sure we see something that you think we might not have seen. Um, we're at me at Molly's across the board, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can also email us. We love, 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 love your emails. With comments, questions, suggestions. I mean, we've gotten some good Chicago suggestions recently from Allison, who for when Gina and I go to Chicago in March. Um, but yeah, so you can always email us at meet us at at gmail. And if you want to reach out to us individually, um, I'm at brynak K13, Gina.
1: I am at Gina Watches TV. And Ashley? I'm
0: at Ash five. So yeah, um, Until next time, um, have a great rest of the week, everybody, and, yeah, see you next time. Bye.